funniest player on the team for me is Belly, and it's the way he delivers for real. It's like when he delivers his jokes, there's no laugh, and you really can't even tell if he's serious or not. We deserve this win, man. Fox Sports 5 flying high in Motown. Oh, my goodness. I'm feeling great, man. I'm feeling the best I've ever felt. I'm excited. I'm, I'm all about winning. I know that the fans here are extremely loyal and passionate. And just like them, I, I want to become not just a playoff team, but a sustained playoff team and eventually get back to some of that championship success and contention. With the 12th pick in the 2020 NBA Draft, the Sacramento Kings select Tyrese Halliburton. Imagine being one of those players that's on a team that you know hasn't been in the playoffs in over a decade, almost two decades, about a decade and a half, and then being the first team to actually get to the playoffs. Just being able to be a part of that would definitely be something special. And if we can, you know, end up building a championship contending team, you're winning a championship in Sacramento. Like that's that's looked at a lot differently. You probably feel better than you do with anything else. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Pulse podcast presented by the King's Herald. My name is Brandon Nunez. Got Bryant West on here as we always do. What's going on, Bryant? How you doing, man? It's the episode everybody's been waiting for. We're going to talk about probably the two most uh, discussed uh, prospects for the Sacramento Kings, uh, Moses Moody and Franz Wagner, who aside from uh, Alperin Sengun, I think probably have the most fans in Sacramento. You yeah, think that's think so. that's the case? Yeah. And I think it's definitely interesting because uh, I just put the finishing touches on my Moses Moody profile, which is going to be coming out on Saturday, uh, day after recording this. And you wrote a fantastic piece on Franz Wagner a couple of days ago, which everybody should read, especially if you have any doubts about Franz Wagner on the defensive end. Please just go watch all of the clips that Brendan uh, put into that profile. Um, so I think this is a perfect time for us to talk about these two players. Uh, I think it's very, I think it's the case for both you and me that uh, realistically, these are our two favorite draft outcomes. Is that right? Yeah, it is. And uh, I'll say, I got a little sneak peek of your article. It's great work there too. And anyone questioning the upside of Moody, uh, I think will get um, some good examples with that, with uh, the clips that you pulled in there and, all that and we'll dive into it today too um but definitely great work on your profile too man and uh, everybody should be sure to check that out when it comes out um and moody's the one that we're going to start with here yeah um you know i've been to hyping up moses moody since uh, our buddy pd webb first came on the podcast uh, i think he was the first one that really liked moody to sacramento if i remember that pod correctly he said that moody was yeah. his favorite realistic draftee for sacramento and uh you know, as I've really dived into his film over the last couple of months, I can definitely see why. Um, Moody, of course, was 18 years old at Arkansas. He turned 19 after the season was over. Um, played 32 games for the Hogs this year. 6'6", 205 pounds, 7'1", wingspan. Averaged 16.8 points, 5.8 rebounds, 1.6 assists one steal, 0.7 blocks, and shot 42.7% from the field, 35.8% from three, and 81% from the free throw line. So um, I think that uh, Moses Moody really offers two-way difference maker, a guy who's going to be ready for an NBA role incredibly quickly into his career, um, but he also offers strong upside beyond the safe label I think he's been branded with. Uh, do you agree with that? 
Definitely. Um, and I want to ask you about the shooting. Um, you know, 35% from deep on five attempts, like you mentioned during his time at Arkansas, but he also was the number one option on that team um, and probably was taking a few more shots than he is going to at the NBA level, at least for a little while here. But to me, like I see 35% as the number and it kind of shocks me. It, it feels like it should be higher for Moody. Like I, I feel like he's a much better shooter than what that number is saying. Uh, yeah, I truly think that Moody is probably one of the better shooters in the lottery and one of the best shooters in this draft, honestly. Um, I think that his 35.8% from deep is pretty good for an 18-year-old playing his first off- uh, as the offensive option for an SEC team. But I agree with you that I think it's a, his actual shooting numbers when he enters NBA will probably be a little better um, than that number might indicate. Um, so first, just to give the context, like he was the number one option at Arkansas. Um, Arkansas was a really fun, gritty team that really emphasized spacing, really worked to get Moody, uh, all the screens and pin downs he needed to get a ton of shots up. But, you know, it should be noted that the role he played for Arkansas was a pretty big departure from what he'd done up to his career at that point. Um, while 22.3% usage rate at Arkansas isn't crazy high for a lottery pick, uh, him being the go-to scorer was a change from what he had done in Montverde Academy when he played next to Cade Cunningham, Scotty Barnes, and Dayron Sharp, all dudes who are going to go in the first round uh, in six days. Um, and he was pretty much somewhere between the third and fourth option on that team, honestly. Um, so, I think that once he gets into the NBA, whether it's with Sacramento or not, he's not going to be that go-to dude. Um, I don't necessarily know that he can't develop into a great third option for an NBA team, or like even if his shooting just goes crazy, maybe a second option, but I don't think that's his role. So I honestly think that his shooting numbers at Arkansas are not indicative of what his actual uh, shooting impact will be at the next level because it, it just watch some of the clips I cl- I pulled together. He is a fantastic catch and shoot shooter. Um, but because of how much attention he was drawing from the defense, like 43% of his attempts on the year came off the catch and he shot 36% on all of those looks, but 75% of all of his catch and shoot shots were considered guarded by synergy. And I think that's a combination of uh, his slightly slower release and the fact that defenses were focused in on him. Um, So it's not hard to imagine at the next level when he plays a smaller usage role, at least off the, off the jump, especially if he's playing next to De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton, I think he's going to get a lot more, uh, more open shots and he'll really be able to showcase just how sweet his long range jumper is because Uh, When he gets going, it's a thing to watch. Yeah, I mean, somebody could tell me that Moses Moody is an elite shooter, and I'm not really second-guessing them there. Like, um, it's not a guarantee to happen, you know, but I I do think that he is a very threatening shooter. He's going to demand spacing and defenders to be checking him from a good distance. How do you feel about him putting the ball on the floor, though? I think this is where some of the athleticism concerns come into play with, like, not a great first step. And when he gets off the floor, he's hardly getting off the floor, really. Um, (laughs) And I think his finishing at times was um, just affected by that negatively. But how did you feel about him as a finisher? 
Yeah, very much. I completely agree with you. Um, he, when he puts the ball on the deck, there are a couple issues that keep him from really being a three level scorer at the next level. Um, and they're all things he can somewhat improve on, but first one's the athleticism. And I don't necessarily know how much like he's not going to suddenly walk into camp and be as athletic as De'Aaron Fox or something like that. Um, he's six, six and seven, one wingspan. So that gives him like a, a certain baseline when it comes to around the basket play, but he's pretty much a two foot leaper at all times. Um, his first step isn't really explosive, and even when he gets to the basket and, you know, you'd think his wingspan would make him somewhat of a threat. He scored at just 52.9% around the basket in the half court, which is 45, 45th percentile among all college players, which isn't terrible. But if you just watch some of the clips, like he misses so many bunnies and shots that you'd think a six, six dude with his wingspan and scoring instincts would just be making at a normal clip. So, you know, that's the bad. I think he really needs to improve his touch around the basket. Um, I think he's got to add a floater to his game because I think that's a fantastic weapon that could really help him and his middling athleticism figure it out. Um, but the good news I think is that I believe he has a clear weapon at the next level that will give him some creation ability. And to me, when people talk about, well, Moses Moody has untapped creation potential. I don't think it's off the bounce. I don't think it's getting to the basket. I mean, sorry, off the bounce, like in terms of driving to the rim or something like that. I don't necessarily think that'll ever be a massive part of his game. To me, I think that he can become a very good pull-up shooter. And it's something that just did not happen much at Arkansas, only 62 possessions last year. Um, to me, that's his creator upside. He has a nasty one-legged fade shot that kind of looks like Dirk Nowitzki. Um, and certainly, you know, he's not seven foot one, so it's not going to be completely out of um, blocking range for defenders, but his own seven one wingspan and, uh, and craft there, I think is going to make that a dangerous shot. Um, one that I think can really be scaled up to be a bigger part of his offense. Yeah. And I think that when you're talking about the ceiling, this is where people will throw out the whole Chris Middleton idea, right? I think you're, yeah. when you're talking about the ceiling, it's, it's in that sort of function, the way that you just explained where it's mainly off the dribble shooting rather than really attacking the basket. And you're still capable at doing that. It's just clearly not your preference or your strong suit. Um, and as long as he's not horrible at it, where it's just, you know, don't let him do anything except shoot. Um, then I, I think that's going to be passable enough, but there definitely needs to be improvement there. And then I also think his handle needs to be tightened up. Um, Very much. Yeah, that, there was a lot of work that needed to be done there. But I mean, like, that's something that's going to get better. You know, it, it just yeah. is going to take a little bit of time there. Like, I, I don't really see too much of this creation except for like one or two dribbles attacking closeouts when it comes to year one sort of thing. Um, but he's still going to be a really good shooter right away. Um, what do you think about him? Potentially, you know, guys that can't create space for themselves. Great. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Usually we'll try to make that happen with a pick and roll. And I just don't feel like we saw it happen very much at Arkansas. Um, only 6% of his possessions, 31 yeah. total on the year. But do you feel like there's anything there? I, I don't even have a good grasp on how I feel about Moody in the pick and roll. Yeah, me neither. Um, there were a couple of plays, but they were just so inconsistent in terms of like usage that I don't know that I can really say if that's going to be an opportunity for him at the next level. Um, if he increases his uh, shooting off the bounce and uh, the Kings really 
focus on getting some big men who can really set hard screens and be divers to the rim, uh, then maybe that'll be something. But, you know, his vision as a playmaker doesn't leap off the video. Um, just 1.6 assists and a straight 1.1 assist to turnover ratio. Um, fairly low for a dude who was such a the focal point of an offense. Um, like we talked about, his handle is very much a work in progress. Uh, he has a really high dribble that I think got him in trouble a lot of times, especially at the end of the year when teams really started throwing double and triple teams at him. Um, I don't think he's a ball dominant player like a couple of the Kings Herald guys just looking at his shot charts kind of were like, well, is he like, is he a passer or is he a ball hog? And I don't think he is. Um, I just don't think that he has the same vision that a lot of uh, playmakers do at this level. Um, There were some good assists, especially when, you know, he started getting the basket and double and triple teams came and he saw his dude, like he can make, good passes i just don't necessarily know that his vision is spectacular but then again like he's 18 and that wasn't his role in either high school uh, or in arkansas he was pretty much um the only dude who could create at any level um i encourage anybody who didn't listen to it go back and listen to a uh, deuce and most podcast from i think it was this tuesday when they had arkansas head coach and former kings coach eric musselman on um and, and they asked him about uh, Moody's uh, pretty bad efficiency in the NCAA tournament. He averaged 13 points and 4.5 rebounds while shooting 33% from the field. Um, and Musselman was specifically talking about their loss to Baylor. But I think his point here pretty much stood for any great team that Arkansas faced. He said that uh, Baylor's defense was insanely good. And Moses was the one guy who could get good shots up against a great defense. Um, and I think that was a very fair moment for coach to say there, you know, he was their one true offensive creator. They were a fun team and really emphasized spacing. But when it came down to it, like, I didn't trust any of those dudes to take a shot. Um, and I think that that was just something that Moody's skill set was not necessarily prepared for. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see him at the next level. I think that, you know, you can say this for every player, but I really do feel like it's a, it's a more for Moody than a lot of the guys. NBA spacing is really going to help him out. Um, playing with other creators is really going to help him out. I think he's going to be a real dangerous weapon at the next level. And, you know, I'm never going to put a skill cap uh, on an 18 year old dude in terms of just figuring out everything he can possibly do on offense. Yeah, that bit from Muscleman on the Deuce and Mo show was was really um, really insightful and good to get to know that. And it was obvious once he said that, watching the clips that that's what was going on. Um, definitely, everybody always keep up with Deuce and Mo stuff, obviously. Um, but yeah, when back to the passing a little bit, really quick. I think to me there were moments where he, like you said, he made the read or he recognized the read, and I think that right now just the amount of times that he is able to recognize that in the moment is just lower than you would want it to be. And, but that is somewhere where he did it sometimes. And I expect there's going to be progress there. And it's just going to be one of those things like when the game slows down, you know, I don't think he's ever an elite passer or anything, but I think he's 
smart and recognizes opportunities and is still going to be like a good guy moving the ball around, even yeah. if he's not orchestrating a pick and roll or anything. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I definitely think that uh, when he gets to the NBA level, I do expect him to be a better um, passer than he got the show at Arkansas. Yeah. And is there any other aspect of his offensive game you want to touch on before we go to defense real quick? Yeah, it should be noted like 5.8 free throw attempts per contest, 81% from the line. Like he was a dude who really figured out ways to impact the game. Even when his shot wasn't falling, I looked this up just because I was curious and it ended up being a good, really good stat in his 10 worst shooting games of the season. He shot 8.6 free throws a contest. So he's not a dude who's just going to vanish when his shot isn't going. Um, He's also a pretty dang good offensive rebounder. Um, I have two clips in my article that kind of came off of a a free throw line below the free throw line rebounds in, in, in crowds. Um, Six, six dude. Isn't like, that's not a spectacular size for a, a small forward at the next level, but like he just fought so hard for these rebounds with some of his most physical tape. Um, and his everyone wingspan really does give him uh, some extra room to grab those boards. Uh, snagged 2.0 offensive boards per game. And he shot like 70% uh, on offensive rebound putbacks. So I think that's a big part of his game. You always want your small forward to be able to rebound, especially a dude who, you know, everybody keeps pointing to his size and saying, is he really a small forward? Yeah. I think he is going to be a small forward at this level. Um, And I think his wingspan and physical toughness really helps him compensate for probably an inch or two less in size than you'd uh, like for his position. Yeah. And I I think that, you know, the question of what his position is obviously comes down to the defense there. Um, And yeah, I I mean, I have no concerns on him being a three, but do you think that he is best? He's most ideal as a two. No, because um, I, I I don't think he even needs to be either position. Yeah. Like his size is fine for either one. Um, his wingspan really helps both. And I think he's physical enough and has a clear enough role at the next level that I don't think it's going to matter to a great degree on offense. Yeah. And I think that um, when it comes to the lateral quickness, him and Franz are pretty similar here where it's like, yeah, they stay in front of guys really well, but they don't look like they're impressive lateral athletes. Like yeah. they are c- enough there that with their physical tools, meaning the length that they have and quick hips and anticipation, they do a and great job staying in front of guys. Yeah. And footwork, you know, it, it, we've definitely picked out two dudes who um, have a lot of the same defensive skill set in terms of not being the most explosive dudes, but they have really truly figured out how to be fantastic defensive prospects um, and bring out everything they possibly can in their game. So do you have any more points or should I just get into his defense? No. Yeah. Get into it. All right. Um, you know, I talked about it. He's a physical defender. I mean, you had to be at Arkansas. Eric Musselman demands that out of his dudes. Um, and Musselman really used his size and length and in instincts against a ton of defensive assignments. Um, he played up lineups. I think he guarded fours a little more than he'll do so at the next level. Um, but that didn't stop him from rotating over and, and 
swallowing up guards or blocking them at the rim. Um, I don't necessarily think that he's going to be quite that versatile at the next level. Like he guarded ones through fours at Arkansas, but that'll probably shrink to just twos and threes at the NBA aside from switches, maybe in a couple of years as he gets more strength and, and he really figures out how to guard up, he can handle some fours, but um, you know, his seven one wingspan does give him some ra- more range than most of the wings that have his foot speed just can't match. Um, and while I think uh, your buddy Franz has probably got more deflections than Moody does, Moody can't be far behind because um, he's just his seven one wingspan just gives him so much uh, extra space. He's great on closeouts. He's a very aware help defender, takes all the time, disrupts dudes. Um, Walks. I, oh, yeah. There were a couple of the clips I sent you from the Kentucky game that uh, he just – dudes thought they had a kind of an open lane to the basket and just suddenly he just takes the ball away from them. Um, so I think that – he's going to be best on a team that prioritizes getting a true rim protector um, because there are times where he doesn't have the foot speed to just completely stay in front of dudes. But even in those instances, like he's really good at directing ball handlers into either straight into help defenders or just making them take awkward shots. Um, So I, I, I definitely think at the next level, he's going to be a guy who can stay in front of a whole bunch of dudes. And even though he can't, there's a certain amount of compensation that his length and foot foot speed and balance are just going to give him um, that I don't really have any massive concerns when it comes to guarding twos and threes at the next level. Yeah. I don't have any concerns there. My question is like, how good, can he really be yep. on that end? And, and I don't really know, like, is, is all defense in the cards to you? You know, uh, I wouldn't bet on it. Um, I don't necessarily think he's going to be a lockdown one-on-one defender just because his height and athleticism limitations just make it not a safe bet. But I'm not going to bet against Moody figuring out how best to optimize every part of his game to become an excellent defender. Cause he just has that nose for defense. He's physical. He's tough. He knows that this is his skill set at the next level. So, you know, I'd put it at like 20% max that he becomes the best defender on a really good team. Um, but yeah, if, if your goal here is that you need to get an all world defender here, I don't necessarily know that that's going to be him just because of the athletic limitations, but I definitely think that he would be Sacramento's one of Sacramento's better perimeter defenders from the moment he puts on a Jersey. And I have high confidence that he's going to be a very, very good defender on a good defensive team. I do too. I think he's going to be a really good defender. Um, but I, I don't know if he is to me, he kind of feels like somebody that is like, you're saying a important aspect of a good defense, um, but not like the, not someone that if you threw him into a poor defense, he's fixing it. Yeah. He's not Scotty Barnes. Yeah. 
or at least what Scotty Barnes will be. <laughs> you know, we're, we can get into that more when we talk to Franz, but I don't necessarily think that they are on different defensive tiers. I think positionally they're in the same tier, but I think the size gives Wagner a little bit of an advantage. Yeah. If it, the, the case for Franz on defense is that both for Sacramento and in, as in the league as a whole, it's harder to find those three, four defenders who can also guard twos than it is to find truly high instinct, capable wing defenders. Yeah. So I think that's the case for Franz. Um, but in terms of like their awareness, their toughness, their ability yeah. to get around screens, their ability to stay on dudes who you'd think would just blow by the, them, I think they're pretty comparable. Yeah, I think that's totally, um, totally agree with you there. Um, you know, we're going to compare the two a lot, so we'll come back to Moody, but can I just dive into Wagner, Wagner here and get his, uh, get a little bit of his profile out of the way, or do you have anything else on Moody? Uh, making sure I said everything I wanted to. Um, Moses Moody is a very mature player. Very calm and composed. Eric Musselman spoke just so highly of him, said he's one of the easiest, most aware dudes he's ever coached. So I have zero concerns about him coming into an NBA team and just truly optimizing every part of his game. I think Sacramento would be very fortunate to have a dude as fantastic a two-way player as he does. Um, and I, you know, I'll just make this point because I think it's true about both of them, but you know, when you have these high instinct guys, I absolutely despise the high floor, low ceiling label because to me, like you're not taking either of these dudes at nine because you think they're guaranteed stars. You're taking them because their all around games are just so valuable to the modern game that any improvement with the ball in their hands is just going to send their value to a smart team skyrocketing. I think that's true for both players. I think it's especially true for Moody with his shooting ability. So he is and will stay my favorite realistic outcome for the Kings. Yeah. And I'll say to the value thing, Robert Covington is a guy that I talked about at the beginning of the Franz piece that, you know, I, I think that the teams that targeted him in the three trades that um, he's been in throughout the last couple of years, Minnesota, um, Portland and Houston all had their high usage offensive hubs in place. Right. Dame Lillard, um, Harden and whichever last one I'm missing, Cat, Cat mm-hmm. and Jimmy. Um, and they clearly very highly valued getting the right type of complimentary guys around those stars. You know, Covington was the main asset in a Jimmy Butler trade. He was traded for Malik Beasley and a first round pick. And then he was later traded for the pick that became Isaiah Stewart and a first round pick this year. Like three different occasions where teams are willing to trade at least two first rounders of value to get this type of complimentary player. Like I I get that the ceiling isn't an all star likely. Right. Um, But the value of these guys in the league is still very apparent. You know, look at Harrison Barnes has a lot of value and is just exactly one of these type of guys, just a role player that's very well-rounded 
Um, and sure, like never going to be a star, but they are still very important players. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to take anything away from Harrison Barnes and it feels sacrilegious to say this when I'm talking about two 19 year olds, but I do honestly think that at their ceiling, both Franz and Moody could be better defense and just have higher defensive impacts on a great team than Harrison Barnes does right now. Yeah, I agree. I think Barnes holds his own. Um, but yeah, I think these guys are a lot more impactful. And I think that's the main thing that stood out to me with Franz. Uh, I mean, six, nine and, you know, some whispers that maybe he's taller that really get me oh. going. Oh my goodness. If he is actually six eleven, like what is he fifth on your big oh, board? God. Yeah. I mean, I think he's just sixth <laughs> right now, but yeah. Um, yeah. And at, at Michigan, I mean, the length that he has, I think it's so weird with his wingspan because there's a reporting from, I want to say like 2017 or 18 uh, that he had a plus three wingspan when he was six, five. Um, and people are just assuming, I guess, that that plus wingspan stayed at a plus three. Um, but just from watching, like he clearly has long arms. I, I think he is at, at a seven foot wingspan. You know, I feel pretty confident saying that. Um, and he uses them really well. Uh, his hands are amazing, similarly to Moody's, but I just thought Franz was such a disruptor on the defensive end of the floor. Um, you mentioned deflections. Like I think Franz is one of those guys that is top 10 in the league in deflections. You know, I think of a Covington, um, Thibel comes to mind that these guys that are just really out there making plays constantly, never letting the defense be comfortable. Um, and it doesn't even like the stock numbers don't even quite do them justice. And they're, yeah. they're nice 1.3 steal and one block a game during his sophomore year at Michigan. But, um, like it, that doesn't even do them justice. You know, you look at some of the stock numbers of like Thibault, Brandon Clark when they were in school and things like that, and they're ridiculous. So I think this undersells Franz disruptiveness on the defensive end of the floor. Yeah. And both those dudes were, I believe both three years older than Franz is right now. Yeah. Franz so. is a sophomore, but he's going to be younger than a lot of the freshmen that are going before him in the lottery or around him in the lottery. Um, so yeah, no, nothing really to note too much there. And then when it comes to on ball on the defensive end, um, I, I mean, I don't think that he's a lockdown guy there, but I do think that he is a good defender. Um, when it comes to on ball, like I think there's, I I've seen some people kind of have their concerns there. And I just think again, like Moody, he just doesn't look very athletic he doesn't look like he's moving very quick laterally, but he does a good job staying in front of guys. You know, he did, he did that to Aaron Henry multiple times this year, six, six card. That's going to go uh, in the NBA. He, you know, in late clock situations stayed in front of Cameron Thomas, six, four going to the NBA, one of the best scorers in college basketball. Like I, I don't really have concerns about him on ball. Um, and yeah, I guess some people do, but I mean, I, I think he's good in that aspect. Like, I don't know how anybody can watch the uh, compilation of on-ball defensive clips that you put in there and and truly like have a concern about that because he, he's the ultimate case of a dude who you just can't judge on top-end foot speed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't – I'm like you. I don't think that like he's going to enter the league and be a dude that you just throw onto LeBron James or Kevin Durant, but the, the, you don't do that with anybody. <laughs> Nobody does that. 
Yeah. So having uh, aware dudes who are as disruptive as he is, especially at his age, um, I you just can't take it away anything away from him. Uh, I can't watch his defensive tape and have a ton of concerns, other than he's very he's not that bulky. He's pretty skinny. Yeah, I think that that could be something. I think there's a chance that some of the stronger wings just kind of put their shoulder into him and power through. Um, but I, I mean, I think that, you know, he has a frame to put on more muscle. I think you saw his brother really put on a lot of muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't really have concerns there. And I mean, there's even rim protection. You know, I think that this is where like him and Moody have similar wingspans, but the height really plays a big part for Franz here as well for just a greater standing reach and um, area that he's really covering with his body when he's protecting the rim from the weak side. Like I think there were moments rare moments Michigan is playing him at the five I don't think he does that in the NBA because the strength um but like in a if you're trying to get weird like I guess you know but I I mean to (laughs) me it's he's a three four um but I yeah I mean part of me is like at the ceiling is he a three four that like can dibble dabble and guarding some twos and fives sometimes maybe I don't necessarily know that two is in my mind, like a thing, you're just going to throw him out there and say, all right, you're the primary on um, a two. But the whole point of Franz is that the options are there on switches, um, on, on spot possessions, um, on chaos possessions where it's suddenly just like, Oh crap, I have to go run and grab guard this dude for a possession. Like the options are there a smart defensive coach is going to have so many things that they can do with Franz. I mean, he can be either guy in the pick and roll. He can be the big, Mm -hmm. or he can be the guy at the point of attack. Like the way that Franz navigates, geez, the accent carried over the way that Franz navigates through screens at his size is kind of, kind of outlier ish. And it is just very weird to see. Um, he, He gets through screens really well. You know, he's just very fundamental in his game um, gets the right foot around the screen first and just does things the right way. You could tell he was, he's really well coached and has been for a long time. You know, he was a professional over in Europe for um, a few years before even coming over to Michigan. So, I I mean, you can definitely just tell that he is a super high IQ player and I think he's going to be one of the most impactful defenders on his roster, like right out the gate. Um, You know, I, I think we saw Halliburton show that what, instincts and IQ and awareness can do on the defensive end, even mm-hmm. early on. Um, and Franz just has more size. I think his hands um, like digging in, like you think of Andre Iguodala as the guy I always think of as having just great hands. Right. And I, I think Franz is, you know, up there. Um, I, I think he's great with that. And to me, when you're talking for the Kings, like I, I think, and you can do the same thing with Moody Franz just felt more impactful to me on the defensive end and more active. Um, not to take anything away from the activity level of Moody. I, I just felt like Wagner was making a play more often. And I do question, by the way, if this has to do with, and Musselman mentioned this on Deuce and Mo, um, that Arkansas just played man-to-man the whole year. Yeah. So it's kind of easier to be in more places when Michigan's playing a uh, zone every once in a while. Um, and it l- gives Wagner a little bit more freedom. So I, I kind of was unsure how to um, feel about that in their comparisons because of the different styles um, of defense that they were playing. But I do really think that, you know, either one of these guys, 
the defense next year should be be physical, um, disrupt ball handlers, and then just try to cause chaos because Fox Halliburton and either one of these Wagner or Moody are great at causing chaos, getting deflections, and obviously great in transition. Like I, I think that that should be a big thing with either one of these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, personally, I just thought Franz was, you felt him more often on the defensive oh, yeah. end. I agree with that. Um, I think that Michigan allowed Franz to be more of, um, I don't remember how you said it in your piece. A free safety. He was kind of free safety. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it did allow him to be more of a free safety. Um, so it's not crazy to me to think that Franz was a little more um, impactful on his tape. Um, in terms of just the analytical numbers, like uh, Moody and Franz were pretty comparable in terms of just what they held their on-ball assignments to. Like Moody held his guys to 32% shooting overall, Franz at 34%. So I think overall that's the case. But I mean, Franz has significantly higher stock numbers um, and you can attribute that to his size, um, his ability to reach more and probably... Honestly, I think if they had a foot race, I think Wagner would probably win. Um, <laughs> it wouldn't but, look like an MB, two NBA no, race. <laughs> it would not. Um, but I mean, it, just even that joke—it's the truth. But I definitely think it it undersells how well both of these dudes move on defense. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, Is no there anything there? I think the. I mean, just the defensive ceiling I, I do think is there's a decent difference between these guys like I, I think that you know when I asked like do you see all defensive as a likely thing or in the cards for Moody um, I agree with you I think you said like 20-25% sort of chance right like I, I think Franz is like I mean you never want to bet too high but like what 30-40% like I feel pretty good that Franz is going to be one of the really top tier impactful defenders in the league yeah, I can't tell you that's crazy. Um, I definitely want to see how he bulks up. I want to see how he handles um, bigger NBA dudes. I want to see his speed translation. How long does it take him to catch up to the speed of the game? Um, but assuming that you trust in both his work ethic and him just maximizing his game, then yeah. I don't think that's crazy to think that he could make a, a all NBA defense team or two. And, and both of these guys, I think are part of the reason that we really like their fit to the Kings. I think they're good at cleaning up after other just defensive mistakes. Mm-hmm. And that's something the Kings clearly need. I think Wagner's better at it, but Moody's still totally capable in that. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, there's just nothing else to, there's no questions anywhere in in Wagner's defense like I guess the one like we mentioned is maybe his strength Um, I'll say that for both players I think they need a true rim protector to like fully optimize what they're doing Um, because you can't have quite so much chaos defense uh, without some mistakes being made and some opportunities suddenly flushing at the basket yeah and you know, I, I would love to see Rashawn Holmes with both of these dudes. Um, and if not Rashawn Holmes, uh, just as good a rim protector as this team could possibly get. Yeah, apparently it's an early once in a while, which is not horrible. Which It's not horrible, but I, I definitely worry about no Noel in space a lot more than I do Holmes. So yeah, I'd rather have Holmes by far. 
but he's going to be amazing in Toronto and I'm going to laugh at all the (laughs) fans who uh, thought he wasn't worth whatever he gets. Yeah. I'm betting Charlotte, but we will see. Hopefully we're both wrong in Sacramento is the place, (laughs) but um, when it comes to Franz on the offensive end, um, you know, let's just start with the shooting because I I tried to say, I wasn't going to say three and D the entire episode, but oh, I said that. I said it like, I said it two minutes into the, I know, into I know the bit, whatever. Yeah. That's what Moses Moody is. And uh, I, I think that, you know, people are quick to throw that label out. And I think these guys are just more than that. And I think that sometimes people can get lazy and like throw the three and D label on him and then just be like, all right, yeah, that's what that guy is and move past it. Um, and, you know, there's just so much more to it than that, obviously. Um, but yeah, when you're talking about the three point shot for Franz, um, everybody obviously saw what happened in. Uh, the game against UCLA, right? Everybody was, uh, yeah. And, and I, I don't I know wish like he, he was confident. <laughs> That's a shot that he's hit multiple times throughout this year when yeah. people go under screens like that on him. I hate that people keep bringing that one up. Like, let's just go back and get every single prospect's worst moment and and use that just to bang into everybody. <laughs> it's know. so funny because he was actually really good in that game. Yeah, his defense in that game was amazing. Yeah, he was. Yes, he he was very impactful that game. A big positive out there, um, and he got a lot of crap for it. But yeah, shooting throughout the whole tournament, he shot twenty one percent throughout the six games. Um, so that was not great, obviously. Um, and I think that sometimes there are questions about inconsistency. You know, throughout the whole year or before the tournament, he was shooting thirty nine percent on three from on about three point four attempts per game. Um, so, I mean, he definitely has a history of also being a good shooter for stretches, a damn good shooter. Um, and yeah, on the entire year, it's 34% on 3.6 a game. His freshman year was 31% on 4.9 a game. And, um, and and there is some, you know, streakiness within that year. And there is a little bit of a history during his time playing overseas, um, in 18, 19, 67 games he played in, um, only 13 minutes a game here. He shot 38% from three on just under two attempts. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that he is at very least respected from three. Yeah. Um, and this is a big swing skill for me here, actually, because I, I see a world where he is a serious threat and able to even like somewhat run off some screens. And he has a lot of range to him, like pull it off the dribble and a pick and roll sort of thing. Um, but there's also a world where it's just, okay, you're going to have to up the volume a little bit and be willing to shoot, which is something we'll talk about. Um, but you're just kind of a streaky and consistent shooter, still like Robert Covington, Jay Crowder type of shooter, you know? And and I think that it's a big swing skill here. I'm not actually, I wouldn't even call it a swing skill. Um, I trust that he is going to be an average NBA shooter at the very worst. Um, and if that's all he is that's a pretty dang good player. And one I think is worth taking at nine. Um, anything more than that will be a pleasant surprise, but you know, the numbers just his, his three point numbers just don't burst off the page at you, but um, it, he has grown. Uh, he shot pretty well in Europe, like you talked about, and he shot 35, 30, yeah, sorry, 83.5% from the free throw line in pretty much both of his years at Michigan. So I truly trust that in the NBA with NBA shot coaches, like he's going to be respectable. Um, I wouldn't even worry about him. Like Robert Covington 
where you just have to, or Jay Crowder, where you just have to rely on volume to make up for um, accuracy. So I, I think that I agree with you. It's a swing skill, but in terms of taking him from a very good prospect to a bona fide top end starter level. Right. Yeah. And, and that's exactly where I'm at with that too. Um, and when you're talking about the rest of his offensive game, I mean, it's kind of the same as defense. It's just versatile. Um, it's a, it's a little bit of everything. And I, I don't think that he's great in any aspect. Um, we'll, we'll start with his ability to make plays for himself and others. Um, he doesn't have a great first step. He doesn't have a great handle. A lot of the times he was going downhill, he was um, already going downhill to his right. And it was just, you know, what Michigan was running for him, getting him going downhill. And he would kind of have some soft finishes. Um, it, it seemed like not a reluctance to um, make any contact, but it, it did seem like he just has these very crafty finishes and he's more of a crafty rather than physical guy at the rim um, that sometimes make them appear a little soft, but it, it's just a weird way that he puts up his layup sometimes, you know, it's like these right-handed hook shots um, that look like floaters, but around the basket, like he shot fine, 52 0.9%, you know, um, 45th percentile is what Synergy has that like he was fine around the rim. And, and I think I saw, I've seen some people saying, you know, he's all right hand. And there was never a time I was watching uh, Franz and was like, man, he couldn't do that because he doesn't have a left hand. I, I think, think that <laughs> he got schemed a lot to get downhill with his right, but I don't think mm -hmm. that he wasn't capable with his left. Yeah. I think Kings fans have PTSD uh, when it comes to uh, single handedness. So yeah, you're not wrong. Um, but yeah, no, I don't have any worries there. I think there was even a play um, at the end of that UCLA game where he gives a strong um, jab step and then goes hard left and for a foul at the very end there. Um, like, I, I think he's fine with his left hand. Um, I don't think the finishing is great, but I, I think that um, he can run a pick and roll. And, you know, um, I, I think he is a threat to shoot off the dribble. Like there were many times where he would get a screen and if, the defender went under, he was pulling it and didn't really hesitate there. Um, there's plenty of other aspects of his game that he hesitated in, but that shot he <laughs> felt pretty comfortable with, it seemed like. Um, yeah. And I, I would guess that it's because he was told that's a good shot. And it seems like, you know, the passiveness question for Franz, to me, was less of a he's a passive player and more it felt like Franz is always looking for the best shot possible. Yeah. But I think sometimes in that process, he passes up what does eventually end up being the best shot because he thinks yeah. he's going to get something better. You know, I think you did an excellent job of uh, putting together a video of all of his great passes. Um, but you also noted that in so many of those, like he had good shots. He may have had better shots in some of them than what ended up happening. Um, so he definitely has some of, I, it's a, I, I've made this joke for a year now. It's something Tyrese Halliburton definitely has where he always trusts that there's no chance that his teammates won't have a better shot than he does. Um, and to me, that is definitely passivity. Um, I think it's a, it's worse for Franz than for, um, Tyrese Halliburton to the point where I am genuinely concerned that Franz won't ever be a truly um, impactful 
individual offensive player to make up the value difference to me between these two prospects that we're comparing. Like we know right now what Moses Moody can do at a very good level. Franz Wagner, you know, I hate the jack of all trades label because it underrates um, a 6'9", 6'10", dude who can dribble pass shoot at the combination that he can. But when you watch him play, I was a little bit, I would even say there were times where it wasn't just, I'm in the flow of the offense. I'm going to trust that this pass is going to get my dude a better shot. There were times where I genuinely was concerned about his confidence level on offense, um, which is not a concern that I ever had on defense. So I am going to be very curious to see how his rookie year, especially when he hits the rookie wall, it's going to happen, how he breaks out of uh, any kind of shooting slump. Does he retreat to just making passes? Um, because to me, that's the swing skill. If he suddenly ever becomes as confident on offense as he is on defense, like he's going to be a top five, six player in this draft class. Well, and I but think the other side of it, step. yeah, it is. And I think the other side of that, um, because what you presented is, is really possible The the earlier portion of he's just too passive and, and really is um, detrimental to him on the offensive end. But I, I think that there's also a possibility that a lot of what we saw this year was, you know, him being on a really good team mm-hmm. that I, I think moved the ball often. And it was like he knew where he was going to get his opportunities rather than was looking for opportunities. Um, and, you know, he was what the third guy on that team. Um, and, and often it was just like, okay, well, now we're just going to try to get it to one of these guys to either post up or we're going to just swing it to the other side of the floor and try to do this all over again sort of thing. Um, and is there a chance that he just wasn't told to like be going out there and be that aggressive, you know, like yeah. um, I, I think that's a real possibility that if Franz was told like, listen, you caught the ball and you had space to shoot it, but because you hesitated, the guy while the guy was closing out and attacked, like we lost an opportunity. Like I need you to shoot if you are open at all. Um, And who knows if he's told that maybe that's all it needs to happen. You know, like I I think that's just the other end of it and what you presented is totally possible. And I think what I said at the end there is very possible, but it is a big swing on how does that end up playing out? Yeah. Is there anything else you want to share in his game before we start? kind of debating these two um i think we kind of like glazed over the passing and i just want to point out how good it really was um you know it's only three assists a game which is actually a decent number for a guy (laughs) his size you know that's not just an only number like three assists for a six nine dude in an offense that was here i got it pulled up right here uh they were 37th in the entire uh college game for assists That's pretty good for his size. Yeah. And I I thought he was really confident with, you know, live dribble passes with both hands. Um, I think that he made a wide variety of passes. The one pass you don't see is a skip pass over the top. And I think it's because he doesn't like to do risky plays and, you know, superstars just have to do risks sometimes or stars have to do risks sometimes. And I think that that's where you lose the ceiling with Franz. Right. Um, Yeah. And you know, like I, I think there was a clip I put in that article of he clearly recognizes the open guy in the opposite corner, 
but he doesn't want to use his length and try to fling it over the top of the defense um, because there's a chance that gets disrupted. So he said, instead he swings it among the top um, and points to the guy in the corner. The ball never actually gets there. Um, and, and, you know, it's a very basic thing and maybe I'm nitpicking and sometimes that's just not the right pass to throw, but I, I think it's like just representative of how Franz plays where he doesn't like to take risky plays. Um, and, and that's like, but that's the only pass that I felt like I didn't see him make. Yeah. Um, it will definitely be a, a thing he needs to unlock at the next level, especially given his size, like a dude that tall should be able to see and make that pass. Um, especially when you've got a guy like Tyrese Halliburton, who is so um, free flowing when he's off the ball and buddy heel too, whichever one of them is around, mm-hmm. you got to be able to make that pass. So, yeah. And uh, last thing, I guess, yeah, I think off the dribble, he is a good shooter, but there's just no space creation. So you're talking one or two dribbles off a closeout or in the pick and roll, maybe. Um, There wasn't too much of a, there was some moments of a floater that were kind of interesting, but he wasn't getting that. That wasn't very common to see. And, um, you know, if, if Monty's a guy that's sitting here loving more evolve analytics, right, you got your stock numbers and he only shot two mid range jump shots all year like he's at the rim or at three and that's all that's going on yeah well i do think that a guy who is going to live at both of those spots is going to need to develop some kind of mid-range game i said the same thing with moses moody which is why i loved seeing moody do the pull-up um like the floater definitely just add that to the game we saw how much that unlocked for tyrese halliburton um so yeah i think think three level scoring is something he should aspire to but uh mid-range should not be a heavy diet part of his game yeah i think uh the mid-range shooting is is an interesting thing for what you just mentioned you know when you're talking high upside guys you really want it to be there but for role players i think it can be intriguing of okay this guy just plays within what his role is um and, and that's really valuable so and franz does just project to me as elite role player um, you know, I don't ever really see a star. Um, I think, you know, a defensive star is in the cards, but I, I don't see, you know, a traditional star from him. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I still think that that holds tremendous value and people are yeah. underselling how much value both of these guys hold, even if they're not those traditional stars. Yeah, very much. Um, I gave you a lot of flack for this yesterday, but I think that the difference to me in these players is that even if you value Franz's um, defensive range higher than Moody's, and I agree that is, I would agree with that statement. um, I think that I trust Moody on offense just to become a significantly more meaningful player given his shooting ability, given what I think his pull-up game could be, given his I have no worries that Moses Moody can't at least become a third, fourth, fifth scorer on a a starter. There is a world to me where Franz Wagner never matches more than 10 points in a game. And his defense has to become incredibly, has to come at a high uh, outcome to catch up to Moses's offensive advantages do you disagree with any of that i don't but i also think there's a world where and and, you know i think both of these are very they're not unlikely outcomes we're not talking about like outlier situations here 
Um, mm-hmm. I also think there's a world where Franz is just as impactful of an offensive player as, as Moody. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'd say just as, but he could be close. Um, if he has that shooting growth, like I talked about, then uh, a six nine six ten dude with that shooting ability is definitely more impactful than a small forward doing that Ooh. six six dude. So, do you think there's a conversation of like who's the more versatile offensive player? Uh, Franz definitely has the passing ability. Um, Which I guess I would is all say, we're really talking about because they're yeah. both, both their handles are eh, finishing. Yeah, both their handles are. Eh, yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, so. The real differences in their offensive game is Moody is definitely a more proven, capable shooter. Yeah. Franz is a better playmaker. Um, and I mean, the Kings need both those things. Yeah. I think that's the, there's the outcome right there. Just go get the uh, ninth and then trade for the 10th pick. Yes. Figure please. out some way to get the 10th pick. Just get them both. We would be unbearable. Oh my God. This yeah. podcast oh God. would just rain down our takes on the rest of the world we called this yeah so you gave me a lot of shit for saying that franz was a better fit on the kings and i (laughs) I think that you were offended because (laughs) you took it as me saying i think moody's a bad fit i think moody's wow i think moody's a good fit excuse me but i think franz is a better fit is all you couldn't you could even get through that take i know uh, without someone didn't want me to say that yeah (laughs) you know um if your argument is that the kings need three four defense more than they need two three defense like i understand it but at the same time a De'Aaron fox led team is always going to need more shooting than they need uh another tyrese halliburton uh i'll find a teammate with a better shot um and I don't think that Franz's passing ability makes up the difference in their shooting abilities to me, even if I see the case. So um, if I'm going to be upset with an argument, it's going to be that they're different tiers of players in terms of overall impact and in terms of overall fit for the kicks. I think these dudes are both fantastic, probably the top tier in terms of just fit for the Kings in the realistic range. Yeah, I agree. So, I, I think both of their okay. fits are phenomenal. Good. Um, yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, I do think three, four defense is a little more needed on their roster than two, three, um, but it, it's not that big of a difference. Like, I mean, the real thing missing is the three, right? Um, yep. So they both check that box. Um, yep. And I think that's great there. And um, yeah, I mean, do you, Hmm. What else do you want to compare between these guys? Well, um, who they guard is a real thing. Like, I do think Moody is going to primarily be a two-three guy um, guarding the. I'm just thinking of the NBA Finals, so that's still in my head. He can guard Chris Middleton. He can guard Mikael Bridges. He can guard Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson. Um, Franz can also probably guard all those dudes, but like it's hard. I can't see him guarding like Giannis or something. Um, but he can guard Harrison Barnes. Yeah. So can he guard I Devin don't... Booker? Moses Moody? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Now see Devin Booker is Franz the can. yeah. Devin Booker kind of crafty score is the breaking point for me in Franz. I do not want Franz guarding him. Franz switched on him uh, can be fine in spurts, but 
Um, and the truth here is that the Kings need both of those dudes. They need both a guy who can really help De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton and somebody who can guard up the lineup. So, yeah, I really value the shot blocking of Franz. I think it's always just been a spot that I really want the Kings to have too from their four. Um, I, I think it's part of the reason I'm really intrigued with Woodard. Um, I, and both of these guys have that. I think Franz is a little bit better there. Yeah. Um, but Moody definitely does provide that also. Um, but to me, like when you're talking the fit with Franz, I think he's actually a really good defensive pairing with Barnes because I think Franz is a guy you prefer to have, have functioning off ball that like free safety type thing that I mentioned earlier. And I think Harrison Barnes is a guy that you prefer to have on ball responsibilities. Um, yeah. Like that is both of their strong points um, complement each other. So I think that they both can guard either the three or the four and you can really interchange them there and both put both of them in their ideal situations, which we know won't happen because they'll both just be switched on a Steph Curry. But um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think also like when you, if you are talking, you switch everything, which maybe that's still our reality next year. Um, like Franz is just better at that. Yeah. I, like, I, like Moody's not, uh, Moody's not bad, but it's just the size. That, there's more versatility. Yeah. It's, it's the truth. Um, all right. Franz, well, I, yeah. I think, uh, do you have anything else you want to say, or can I bring us to our, uh, um, final question? Go ahead. It's a final question for you. Cause I know my answer. Oh. I'm going to have Moses Moody a spot higher than Franz Wagner. Um, I think that I buy Mo- Moody's two-way play uh, a lot more. And I really trust that his shooting ability is going to make him a fantastic fit next to Fox and Tyrese on offense. Who are you going to have higher on your big board? The real answer is I have no damn clue. Right now. <laughs> you got six days. Yeah. And they are going to keep alternating between five and six. Um, I think it's fair. I don't know. I, I have no clue. Um, my heart wants me to put Wagner, but my brain's telling me I should put Moody. Um, no, I, I, I joked this on the Slack. The uh, one thing I'll say for Wagner is uh, me and my German heritage. Uh, dude looks like he could be my cousin. <laughs> like that, that, you know, that chin, <laughs> that little chin beard he's got. I had that. I rocked that in college, and I rocked that until I met my wife. Until she called it uh, chin pubes. There you and, go. Which talked me into growing a full beard. So <laughs> that's the argument I got, Franz. Every time I watch Franz, I'm like, boy, it, he's got the same haircut. It just looks like me, but uh, uh, stretched out. Yeah. Very, very relatable, marketable. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think either one of these dudes is going to be, uh, would be a fantastic addition for the Sacramento Kings. I think that both of them would fill real needs for the team. And, you know, I think that there are a lot of doubters for both of these players. I think there's more doubters in Kings Twitter than for uh, Franz. And I truly don't understand how he is as divisive a player when you just watch his tape. Um, but I think, do not doubt that either one of these guys, they'll be a fan favorite very quickly in their King's career. Yeah, both of them will be. And I'm just going to man up and say, Fogner, I'm just committing, you know, and it's sometimes it's funny because if I have a guy I like and I find myself defending them often, it just makes me <laughs> feel like I like them even more, you know, because <laughs> I'm like, no, like I have, to, I'm telling you, 
Um, but I, I just think that Wagner is, I just felt him more often on defense and maybe that was the zone compared to man. Um, but I, I just felt him more often there. I think there's more versatility and not to take anything away from Moody when it comes to that end. Um, and on, on the offensive end, I, I am feeling like, you know, that the, the passiveness doesn't concern me as much as it does some other people. Like I, I think that that was him playing his role and just picking the right spots. And I think that if he's told um, to look for more opportunities that he will do that, um, yeah. which, yeah, maybe, maybe is me going too deep into it when all I know is I've watched these Mike Schmitz and other interviews and things like this, but um, <laughs> just from watching him play and knowing the t- level of team that he was on, that was the impression that I got that he was just really comfortably filling his role and following his assignment and then really kind of freestyling and making an impact on the defensive end. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you that it's a possibility. Um, and Lord knows I would love to see his shot be real because I am sick of having to be like, no guys, go look at his German numbers. He has shooting growth. He might he can be, be a, a shooter. Really good shooter. He might be a really good shooter. Yeah. He looks the part when, when he's shooting, he's, confident when he's when he does finally decide to pull it um which i I guess kind of contradictory there um but i I also think that the stroke looks good he's pulling it from a couple steps behind the line sometimes like i i think that he feels confident in his shooting abilities so yeah i'd love to see it hopefully but yes i mean really it's just got to be one of these two guys you know I, i think um we could give a little sneak peek of our hot takes. That's going to be the next episode here. Um, I have both of these guys over, over um, Scotty Barnes and Jonathan Kaminga. Oh, Scotty Barnes. I'll see the case for over Franz, but uh, I think I'm leaning there too. Yeah. But that's where we're at and very good chance that one of these guys is there for the Kings at nine. And to me, what the hours of draft research have come to is give me one of Moody or Wagner, please. (laughs) I will love it. How quick will you buy a Franz Wagner jersey? Oh, God. So fast. I might already have one on the way. All the mocks (laughs) are telling me that it's happening. Yeah. I think as soon as I see what the Kings do for their uh, city jersey next year, like if they got one of those – original 94 black jerseys yeah i'm getting one of those for either rookie for any like i keep saying this whatever rookie the king's draft (laughs) there's pretty much nobody i'm gonna be like massively disappointed in like Uh, if they just gonna be disappointed they didn't take moody or wagner yeah i guess if if it's Corey kispert and moody and wagner on the board i'm going to be swearing up a storm so i shouldn't say that but i'm very much trying to go into the draft with a draft of zen mentality <laughs> this sounds like your coping mechanism of being a king's fan right here right oh you have no idea last season was the season of zen it's just zen everywhere here yeah no it, this is totally a defense mechanism that is, <laughs> may not stand like you weren't here when I watched the 2011 uh, draftees and I said, I really like this Kemba Walker dude. He's amazing. <laughs> I really like Kawhi Leonard. Both of them would be great. And they take fucking Jimmer for dead. <laughs> Nobody is ever going to disappoint me 
as much as Jimmer goddamn for that. Oh, yeah, fair enough. I have a friend that has nothing, knows nothing about the Kings. And one day he showed up in a Jimmer for that shirt. Oh my God. And I was like, dude, what is this? And he was like, dude, I thought the logo was cool. And I found this at a thrift shop. I was like, this is the worst possible thing. You could have ever worn. <laughs> I, feel, uh, I feel bad for him. I won't gate keep any yeah. fans, but good like, of Lord. course that was at a thrift shop. What do you mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, last thing I'll say about these guys. I, I have zero clue how golden state doesn't take one of them. I have zero like clue how. Oh, yeah. Assuming Orlando takes either Scotty Barnes or um, Jonathan Kaminga, like I have zero clue how Orlando wouldn't take one. So, is there a universe where both these guys are gone? Yeah. Oh God, don't say that. And then that leaves. Uh, well, then we'll just fight over who's left. I have no clue what we could do then. I would just All right. push Josh Here. Giddy, trade back. No, here's my hot take. I think I'd take Zaire Williams uh, over I, Jonathan Kuminga. I already knew that. We all already think, knew that. Yeah, right? I think so. <laughs> over Kuminga? Is that what you said? Yeah, oh. that's what I said. Wow. I, I went and watched – oh, God, what was that team name? It was the Sky Bayhawks? something. Yeah, the Bayhawks. I watched that game because Kuminga had 23 points in that game, and the whole time I'm just like, oh, my God, this might just be raw uh, big man PTSD, but, oh, my goodness, he is so raw. He terrifies me. And I know like not all raw dudes bust um, and he's got a motor to back it up. So I'm not going to be disappointed if, oh my God, Jonathan Kaminga, top four prospect who all year suddenly fell to the Kings at nine. I'm not going to cry myself to sleep or anything, but I'd be yeah, scared. I'll be, I'll be worried. Yeah, I'll be worried. I would be scared, but I think we'll dive into that one a little bit more on the next episode. Um, yeah, I think, there's a good chance that Moody's gone. It seems to me like Golden State or Orlando, like both of those fits make just too much sense to me. Um, but yeah, in the end, happy with either one and clearly going to be my preference there at nine. And I think they're a good bit better than the guys that we're talking about after them. And they're a very big reason why I don't entertain this nine for 16 and 18. I agree. But yes, um, your profile of Moody for anybody who wants to see these clips, and it's definitely helpful for getting some insight into Moody's off the dribble creation and the other pros and cons of his game that you've laid out so beautifully is going to be up on the Kings Herald here soon. I uh, got the Wagner one up. We're going to keep pumping out draft content um, now that we're just a little bit less than a week away here. Um, yeah, hop in the KP uh, chat there and, and let us know in the comments what you think about these guys or what else you want us to touch on before the draft finally does get here. Um, and yeah, if you enjoyed this episode of the Kings Bulls podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review, and you'll hear from us again in the next couple of days.